With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kiddushin Daf Samachdal, page 64. We begin at the Mishnah. Kiddashti Espiti, I married off my daughter. Kiddashti Vigirashtia, I married her off and I accepted a divorce document for her. Kishikitana, when she was a minor. Vaharehi Gitana, and right now he's speaking and she is indeed still a minor. Naman, so the fathers believed. Kidashti Vigirashtia Kishikitana, he says, I married her off and I received her Gerishin, her divorce document, when she was a minor. Vaharehi Gedela, and now she's already an adult. Eno Naman, so he's no longer believed. Nishbisupidisya, let's say he says that she got captured and I redeemed her. Bain Shikitana, Bain Shikadela, Eno Naman. Whether she's a minor, whether she is already an adult, he's not believed. And the ramifications of the statement are that a Kohen, a priest, is not allowed to marry a woman who had relations with a non-Jew. She's considered a Zona. She's considered a prostitute. And therefore, the father is not believed to make her into the status of a Zona. And therefore, a Kohen would be believed to marry her, even though the father is saying that she was captured and he redeemed her. Gemara. Maishna Risha, Maishna Sefa. What's the difference? Why in the first case is the father believed? And why in the later cases is the father not believed? Risha Biyade, Sefa Lav Biyade. In the first case, so she still is a minor, and therefore it's within his power, the father's power, to marry her off. And therefore, he's believed to say that he did indeed marry her off and receive her garish and her divorce document. However, in the last case, in the last two cases, so it's no longer within his power. Why? Because she's an adult, or because he can't give her over to captors and then redeem her. So therefore, he's not believed. The Gemara asks, Wait, is it true that he's not believed? Is it not something that's within his hands, within his power? Theoretically true, he can't give her over to somebody who's a captor, who's going to make her into a zone of that way. However, he could give her over to somebody who would indeed create a forbidden state for her to be married to a Kohen. For example, it's within his power to give her over to somebody who his father was a Kohen, and his father married someone who caused his child to no longer be a Kohen. That's called a Chalol. If she marries such a person, then she won't be allowed to marry a Kohen. So the Gemara answers, Halakasha, that's not a problem, like the statement of Rabbi Dusta ben Yehuda, that if a girl who's a Jewish woman marries a Chalol, a person whose father was a Kohen, and he took away the holiness of his Kahuna by marrying someone who was inappropriate for him, so the woman who has now married this Chalol, so she is like a Mikvah Tahar, she's like, she purifies any children that he has, meaning normally a Chalol, or let's say a woman who's the product of an inappropriate marriage between a Kohen and a, and a woman. So that Chalol, that girl is not allowed to marry a Kohen. However, the child of a Chalol, if let's say a Chalol marries a woman who's a regular Jewish woman, so the child that's produced by them is not considered a Chalol, according to Rabbi Yehuda ben And therefore, since the child is not considered a Chalol, Rashi explains, so the woman does not take on the status of a Chalol by having relations with this Chalol. And therefore, this woman would indeed, even though the father married her to the Chalol, she still, if let's say the Chalol passed away, would be able to indeed marry the Kohen, because she has not become apostle, she hasn't become a Cholol. So now the Gemara asks again, Theoretically, he could make it forbidden for her to marry a Kohen by marrying her off to a bastard. So the Gemara answers, And it's like Rabbi Akiva, our Mishnah, who holds that when you try to create a marriage where we're talking about something which is Chavilavin, which you're going to get uh, lashes for, so there Rabbi Akiva holds that the Kedushin does not take effect at all. There's no marriage that, take, that takes place. And therefore, if he tries to marry off his daughter to a Mamza, to a bastard, which is Chavilavin, which is forbidden, so therefore, there's not going to be anything that's going to take place. No Kedushin will take effect. And therefore, she will indeed still be able to marry a Kohen.
So now the Gemara asks, Theoretically, if she was previously married and she'd become an Almana, now the father for some reason still has the Rishus over her, he still has the ability to marry her off, so you could marry her to a Kohen Gadol, and then that relationship would create a case of Chalalus, that she's going to indeed be forbidden to marry a different Kohen. Like Rabbi Simoy says, the time we learn Rabbi Simoy, Rabbi Simoy says, in all regards, any kind of relationship that's forbidden between a man and a woman, so if they get married, so the children are going to have, they're going to be mamzer and they're going to be bastards. Except for an almana, a widow who marries a kohen gadol, Sharei Amritor, for the verse says, He shall not cause the holiness to be lost. It creates a state of chalalos. But it does not create a state of mamzerus. He doesn't create children that are mamzerim. So this Therefore, theoretically, the father does have the ability to marry off his daughter in such a way that she would be forbidden to a coin. So he should be believed to say that his daughter was indeed captured and he redeemed her. So the Gemara answers Rabbi Yeshevev. Actually, our Mishnah holds like Rabbi Yeshevev. Let us scream about the statement of Akiva ben Yosef, Rabbi Akiva. That used to say, Anyone who does not have the ability, it's forbidden from to have relations to the child is a mamzer. So according to Rabbi Yeshevev, even if an almana marries a Kohen Gadol, so there, there's going to be mamzerus. And when we have Mamziris, that's a sign to the concept that the Kedushin is not Chal, that the Kedushin does not take effect at all. And therefore, that would explain in the Mishnah why it's not within his power to cause her to become forbidden to a Kohen. So the Gemara says, Honey, Rabbi If Rabbi Shevev is indeed coming to say the statement that across the board, that any case where we have a forbidden relationship, so it's going to, it's going to create Mamziris, it's not going to take effect at all. If he's coming just to exclude from the statement of Rabbi Simoy Ka'asi, that's what he's coming for. So then that would mean So then that would imply that he still would have the ability to marry her off to somebody who is forbidden by a positive commandment, which is for example, a Mitzri that uh, an Egyptian who marries into the Jewish people, so he's only allowed to come into the Jewish people after the third generation. So if let's say he married off his daughter to someone who is an Egyptian convert, so then that Kedushan, that marriage would indeed take effect, and if it takes effect, so that means that the, the woman becomes a hollow, she's no longer allowed to marry a Kohen, so then it's, it is indeed within the power of the father to do that. So we're left again with the problem. Amr of Ashi, Sir of Ashi says like this, Hold your horses, Vitisbara. Is that true? Can it be that the reason why he's believed in the first case is because it's within his power to do that? Maybe it's within his power to marry her off, but is it within his power to, to make the man who married her divorce her? That's not true. Additionally, is it even within his power to marry her? Let's say the guy who he wants to marry her says, I'm not interested in marrying her. Can he force him to marry her? It doesn't even make sense. It's not even biyado. It's not bechlal. It's not at all considered within his power to do that. So that can't be the understanding of why he's believed. Rav Ashi says like this, In the first case, so the Torah believes him like the statement of Rav Huna. Rav Huna, Rav Huna says in the name of Rav. How do we know that the father has the ability to forbid his daughter from the Torah? Meaning the Torah gives him the right. As the verse says, it's piti natati, I gave my daughter over to this man. When he said, to the man, Asra. So then he's made her, before he finishes the sentence, he's made her Asra, forbidden to every single human being in the world. Every single man. When he says, to this one I married her, 
Hitira, so then he permitted her to marry to, to be married to this man alone. So we see that the father has the ability, in a case that we're talking about in the Torah, which is a katana, where it's a minor, or it's under the age of Naira, which is 12 and a half, so then the father has that ability. So when it comes to marriage, the Torah gave him believability. But later, the other two cases, where we're talking about uh, where she's over the age of katana, she's over the age of 12 and a half, or we're talking about the case where uh, he's claiming that she was captured. So those two cases, he does not have the ability explicitly from the Torah to be believed, and therefore he's not believed. Masisim, we begin the next Mishnah. Let's say a person says, at the time that he's about to pass away, that he has sons, and therefore his wife is not going to be obligated to do yibum, to fall to leverate marriage. So then he's believed. But if he says that I have brothers, which was something that wasn't known before, and thus he's implying that she would indeed fall to Yibum, and she can't just go and get married without without falling, without doing Chalitza, so then he's not believed. The Gemara says like this, So what can we deduce? We can see from here that he's believed to permit her, to, to make it not necessary for her to do Yibum, but he's not believed to create a state where she would indeed have to do Yibum. So it sounds like our mission is not like the statement of Rabbi Nassim to Tani, we lived in a brisa. B'shas Kiddushin, Amar, at the time when they got married, he said, Yesh Bonim, that he has sons. B'shas Misa, Amar, Ein Bonim. So originally he did something to imply that in fact he has children, therefore she would not fall to Yibum, there wouldn't be any Yibum. But then when he's about to pass away, he says, I don't have any sons, thus implying that he, she does fall to Yibum. B'shas Kiddushin, Amar, Ein Le'achim. Originally when they got married, he said, I have no brothers. B'shas Misa, Amar, Yesh Le'achim. And then at the time of death, so he says, no, I do have brothers, and therefore you will fall to Yibum. Rebbe holds that he's believed to permit her, meaning the original statement is in fact believed, but the second statement is not believed. Rebbe Nassim says, that indeed the, the man has the ability to say something and he's believed the second statement. So Rebbe Nassim here is clearly not like the Mishnah, because in the Mishnah we're saying that he's only believed to permit and he's not believed to say that she's forbidden, to say that she has to fall to Yibam. Amarava, so Rebbe answers, Shani Hasam came in Bashas Misa Kohadarbe. It's different over there because in the case where he's going back on what he originally said and he's about to die, a Makushta Kamar, we can say that he's telling the truth. Why? Because he feels bad. He doesn't want to go to the grave with uh, something negative on his back. That's why he's backing out of it. He said something previously and he wants to take back what he said. However, in the case of our Mishnah, where we're not talking about the guy's dying, but he's just divorcing her. So Rashi explains that he's just saying this in order to annoy her, to bother her, to make trouble for her. Amar Leabai, so Bai says, Vilav called the Kenu. Isn't it a logical derivation the opposite? Hashta Uma Hosam the Kamar Lil Dibure Amrus Kush the Kamar in the case where in the, which is the Braisa, where the second statement that he made was contradicted by his original statement, and nevertheless we believe him, Masnis the Lakamar Lid Dibure the Koshikin in our Mishnah, where he's not weakening his original his his later statement, meaning there only is one statement, so certainly it should be believed. Amr Abaye, so Abaye says like this, Our mission is talking about a case where we have no prior knowledge to the fact that he had any brothers, and he had, we have no prior knowledge of the fact that he had any sons. The Amrinan, we say like this, Since we don't have any chazak, we don't know if he has any sons, or he has any, or has any brothers. If he says, I have sons, he's believed. So then he's not going to be believed to say that he has brothers. He doesn't have the ability in this statement right now to make her forbidden on the entire world. Brisa, however, in the Brisa, we turn to Samatha Lama, base page 64b. 
The Bryce is talking about a case where we indeed, previously, as far as we knew, he did have brothers, and he did not have any sons. So there we can say, why does he have to say this? There's no reason for him to lie. Meaning, the original statement that he said when he got married, which was that he doesn't have any brothers, and that he does have sons, thus implying that he for sure, there's no way that she's going to have to do Yibum. So that statement, if not for the fact that he changes his original statement when he's about to pass away, we would have no reason not to believe the original statement because there's no reason for him to lie about that. So why did he say that originally? My Ka'amar, what did he mean? Lamiftar Yibum. He's trying to get her out of having to do Yibum. He could do that in a different way. Matsi Amar Patronalach Begita. Because he could just say that right before I pass away, I'm going to give you a get, and therefore you're, gonna, you're not going to have to do Yibum if that was his purpose. So therefore his original statement is pretty stalwart. So then what's the argument about why his later statement is believed or not? Rebbe Savar Malid Lashakir Ki Edim Damu. That Rebbe holds that the original statement that he made becomes not just the Chazaka, but it's like, it's as if we have witnesses that that, that original statement is indeed true. So that first statement that he made comes and takes away the original Chazaka. Before this, we thought that he had brothers indeed. Now he comes and he says he has no brothers and that he has children. So now, that statement that he made when he got married, so it's stalwart, it's like two witnesses. And now he wants to come and remove that original statement. He doesn't have the power to do that. Rabbi Nassim holds no. So when he makes that original statement when he gets married, so it's just like a chazak. He hasn't said something that has that is so stalwart. So when he made that original statement when he got married, it did not completely uproot that which we knew before, which was that he did have brothers. So now when he comes and he says again that he does have brothers when he's about to die, so it strengthens the original Chazaka, which we never lost, and therefore the second statement is believed according to Rabbi Nassim. Now we begin the Mishnah. Someone who marries off his daughter without specifying which one, Eina Beigeris Pichla. So the daughters who are over the age of 12 and a half are not included. Let's say a person has two sets of daughters from two separate wives. And he says, I married off my oldest daughter, but I'm not sure if I married off the oldest of the older ones or the oldest of the younger ones. So the younger of the older ones, who is older than the older of the younger ones. So Kulun Asurais, so they're all forbidden, Chutzman Akatana Shabiktanais, except for the youngest of the younger group. Divra Rabbi Meir, that's the sheet of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yesi says, Kulan Mutarais, they're all permitted, meaning they're not considered married, Chutzman Akadil Shabikdailis, except for the oldest of the older group, because we're going to see in the Gemara that he holds Lemachasinishnashilisvik, a person doesn't place himself, wouldn't say something that will later be open to misunderstanding. Gidash is Biti Akhtana. So the guy says, I married off my young daughter. He says, I'm not sure if I meant my the youngest, meaning the younger of the younger ones, or the younger of the older ones, or perhaps the older one of the younger ones, who is younger than the younger ones of the older ones. So in any event, in all these cases, so they're all forbidden except for the oldest of the older group. The only one that's problematic here, the only one that's married, is the youngest of the younger group. So this would imply that in the Mishnah, at the beginning of the first case, where we said that if someone is marrying off his daughters, and he doesn't specify which one, 
And so we said the older ones are not included, but the younger ones are included, Shmasmina. So this we can deduce from here that Kiddushin Shem is really be a Kiddushin. That if someone marries, uh, creates a marriage, and it's, and it's not possible for him to be able to come to have relations. Why? Because it's not clear which sister, and therefore you always have to be concerned. Perhaps he's married to the other sister and then he's having relations with the sister of his wife. So, so here we see that it's considered that there is a Kiddushin here. So the Gemara answers, it's not a proof. We only have one older one and one younger one. The Gemara says, wait, it says, the older ones are not included. So that sounds like there's more than one older one. So the Gemara answers, my when we say they're older ones, we're not saying that in our specific case they're older ones, but we're saying in general, the older ones are not included. Meaning, in multiple cases, so you're going to have many older ones, but in the case that we're talking about, if you talk about a specific case, there's only one older one. So the Gemara asks Pshita, that's obvious, why should the older ones be included? What's the understanding of the Mishnah? Why would you think that? Why would you think otherwise? And what's the case over here? Where the older daughter made her father a shliach, a messenger for her. So you might have thought that perhaps when he accepts the Kedushin, so he has her in mind as well, and she, there, she therefore would be included in the Suffolk, in the Tao. That's what it's coming to teach us. What it's coming to teach us that a person doesn't go and give up something that he has an advantage from, meaning he's going to make money from his younger daughter, it's not going to get any money from the older daughter. So what's his weight? Maybe she said to him that uh, the money for my condition should go to you, and therefore he would have an advantage by even marrying off the older one, and therefore we should perhaps have such a suffix, such a doubt. The Gemara answers, The Gemara says that a person doesn't leave over a mitzvah, a commandment that's upon him, meaning marrying off his young daughter, so that's something that's incumbent upon him to do. The older daughter is not so much of a commandment upon him to do that. So he doesn't give up the mitzvah that's upon him, which is the younger daughter, and therefore that's why we have to assume that only the younger daughter is married, and not the older daughter. We said in the Mishnah that someone has two sets of daughters. We need it, meaning we need both cases. In the first case, if we had just said that case, right, that's the case where he said, I married off the big one. So we said, the only one that's permitted is the youngest of the younger set. Right? So in that case, the came in So there, Rabbi Meir says, this halacha, that that it's only the youngest one is permitted. Why? Since every single case, we can always say that there's someone that's younger than her. So therefore, we still would call her an old one. Right? So the only one that's permitted is the youngest one. But in the other case, where we said the youngest, the younger one, that that in that case he would agree to Rabbi Yaisi that when he says the young one, he means only the youngest of them all. And if I had said only the case of the younger ones, the younger group, how come Rabbi Yaisi? In that case, Rabbi Yaisi says that you only have the younger ones. Why? Because he said the young ones, so that means the youngest of all of them. But I could say, if I hadn't said the second, if I hadn't said the first case, I'm sorry, that maybe Rabbi Yossi agrees to Rabbi Meir that when he says the big one, he means the one who's bigger than the than one that's younger than her. Tzricha. So we need them both. Now the Gemara asks, Is that to say that Rabbi Meir would would hold that a person would say something which later could be uh, placed in doubt and it would be unclear what he meant? And Rabbi Yesi holds that in fact a person would say something that can later be put in doubt. We hear the exact opposite from them. 
if somebody makes a vow and that he wants the vow to be extant until Pesach, Asr Shagia. So it's forbidden for him until the Pesach comes. Pesach, he says, until it shall be Pesach, So he means that the vow should be upon him until Pesach is over. Ad Pnei Pesach, let's say he says, until the face of Pesach, what does he mean? Rabbi Meir, Omer Rabbi Meir says, Asr So it's forbidden until it comes. Rabbi Yossi says, until it's over. So what do we see here? We see that Rabbi Meir is saying, He doesn't mean to add on extra things, and therefore he means the least amount. And Rabbi Yossi is saying the exact opposite, that a person is machis, is machis He does say something that will be unclear, and therefore he included even more days. So it's the exact opposite of what we said until now. Amar Bichanina Baravdimi, Bichanina Baravdimi says, Amarav, in the name of Rab, it's actually flipped around. Vahatanya, we have a bracelet that shows like this. Zehakal, this is the general culture, anything which has a set time, and he says until the face of Rabbi Meir Omar So here, Rabbi Meir says what we would expect him to say, which is that uh, he doesn't say the smallest amount of things, and therefore he means until the end of, of that time. Rabbi Yossi says, no, person doesn't mean to include more things, he means to include less things, and therefore he means until the beginning of that time. Amr says, This argument that we have in the Mishnah is talking about two separate sets of girls. So, we're talking about one set of girls, where there's only one set, so when he says the older one, he means the oldest. Kitana, when he says the youngest one, mamish, he means the literally the youngest one. Because if he was talking about the middle girl, so then he would call her by name. We'll come back to this point in the next daily daf.